0: Welcome to episode 101
1: of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we had another roundtable
0: episode with Katie Ju and Tara Mann. And I think this is going to be a more common thing and we're going to try and experiment with kind of expanding the format of the show because we've done 100 episodes of the one format, right? Yep. With a couple extra different kinds mixed in, but I think this is uh, a good way for us to to grow forward. Right? Yeah, and we got great... Feedback last week from
1: our roundtables with uh, Josh Sortino and Marshall Bach—the best feedback we've ever gotten on an episode. Yeah, and our our episode with Hemian and uh, Josh Taylor was also pretty. It kind of
0: devolved into one. Yeah, evolved into one. Evolved. I don't. I'm not sure. Evolved. It was chaotic.
1: Let us know what you think of the format. Today's is definitely a little more experimental because we chat with Katie and Tara about things we don't know anything about.
0: Kind of experimenting with social media and old media and new media. And And storytelling
1: and buzzwords and apps. And personal brands. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Uh, We hope you enjoy listening. Definitely let us know what you think. We're on Twitter at designdetailsfm or hit us up on our Slack team, spec.fm slash slack. Before we get started, we have two sponsors we want to thank for making this episode
0: possible. First sponsor is a new one, and it's Front Conference. Front is an annual two-day conference for product designers and product managers in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's May 12th and 13th. It's built around creating design-driven, product-led organizations. I've heard it described as similar to Brooklyn Beta, which I haven't been there, but everyone that I know that it has been there has described it as being a really amazing, relationship-oriented conference. Plus, it's in Salt Lake City, which is gorgeous. Oh my God, it's beautiful. beautiful. They're going to have tons of design and product-driven leaders like Bob Baxley, who's the head of product design at Pinterest, right down the street from us. Uh, Tracy Varnell, the lead experience designer at Adaptive Path and Capital One. Previous guest, Cap Watkins. Uh, the VP of design at BuzzFeed, Sean Townsend, the director of research at Intercom, Keenan Cummings from Airbnb, Garth Braithwaite, Chris Willis, many others will be there. And they're having great team panels from Pluralsight who make Code School, who are also our friends, and Full Story, which will be about sharing vulnerabilities as a team. This conference isn't just a design conference. It's built for product designers, product managers, developers, all to kind of live together at one event instead of splitting them out into separate events, which is pretty awesome. And and they feel that they've achieved that goal. And it kind of sounds like they have based on that guest list. Okay, so what next? Go to frontutah.com,
1: uh, that's their website. Learn more about it. Again, that's uh, May 12th and 13th of this year in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, and use the promo code Design Details. that's gonna tell them that we sent you and get you $50 off the ticket price. So it'll come down from 400 to 350. Which is great for a conference. And you get to go to Utah. So again, that's frontutah.com and use the promo code Design Details, All one word. Thanks again to Front Conference for sponsoring the show.
0: Oh, and if you have questions, Ben Peck, the guy who runs this conference, is in our Slack team. He's pretty active in there. So you can talk away with him. Our
1: second sponsor, back again, Wayno. Wayno is one of our favorite agencies uh, with some of our favorite people in the industry. Hallie, who we've had on the show several times. Uh, Now, some of his new team members, like Linda Eliason, have been on the show. And we love the work they're doing for companies like Airbnb, Medium, Cisco, Reuters,
0: Dropbox, Red Bull. Their client list is unbelievable. We've been to their office a couple times, hung out with the team. They're really, really awesome people, and they're hiring. You want to be a part of this team.
1: And also, this week, they just released the page for their new design intern role. They want you to know about it. If you are a young designer and you want an internship, intern at Wayno. They're hiring for a San Francisco role. They're looking for a young digital designer. You need to be nice. You need to know how to make products, but go there, learn to apply. Go to wayno.co. In their career section, you'll find something for the SF design intern. Tell them that we sent you and really like
0: I can't think of a better way to kick off a career as a designer. That would be the best way to go. If I could have had that start, I feel like I would have started off a lot faster. Yep. Uh, we
1: love Wayno. Thank you for supporting us. And we hope you will check them out. That's at wayno.co, U-E-N-O o.co. Check out their work. Check out their careers page. Work for them. And if you are in need of an internship, this is the
0: place to do it. Thanks again to Wayno for sponsoring the show. And with that, let's get into episode 101 with Katie Ju and Tara Mann.
2: Hi, my name is Katie Ju. I'm a product manager and an engineer at Medium. And uh, I take videos of basically any dog that I walk by. Actually, on the way here, there was like this husky that walked by me. And I got this really creeper, awesome video of this really cute husky. <laughs> Low-key obsessed with dogs.
1: Low-key. Low How oh, high key
2: it's not like I tweet the videos of the dogs. I just have them for myself.
1: What do you do with them? She's <laughs> like poaching dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like almost stockily casing them. Huh.
2: We can move on now.
3: <laughs> Hi, I am Tara Mann. I am a product designer at Twitter, and I've been really into telling stories across different platforms lately.
0: Which is why we invite you guys. Thanks for the segue. Look at you. Hey. Yep. <laughs> uh, I know nothing about, like, Snapchat and Instagram and, and, like, this whole, like, newsletter thing doesn't make any sense to me because I hate email and I will do anything I can to avoid it. And Peach is a thing, I guess. I don't know. I wanted to talk about designing for, like, these, like, weird new old to new social media things and new new social media things. I... I did a Snapchat geo filter once. You Snapchatted? Yeah, I, I, no, I designed one. Oh, oh. For our launch party in DC.
2: That's awesome. That's really cool.
0: That was, that's all it, that's my entire Snapchat experience. That's, that's you, a pretty
2: strong. Have you ever
0: snapped? No. Have you ever Instagrammed? Yes. Three times and I deleted them.
2: <laughs> Why? You were just like too stressed? You are like, no, this isn't.
0: No, because having a, <laughs> I got so much shit for having a profile that had only three pictures on it <laughs> that I was like, nah, I'll just delete the whole thing.
2: Do you Instagram, Tara? I
3: do. Nice. I am a participant in all forms of social media. <laughs> respect.
2: Respect.
1: Any and all. Um, yeah, I don't actually know anything either. So Brit and I are sort of the rookies here in terms of products that tell stories and using products to tell stories. Uh, I guess that would kind of center around like Snapchat and Instagram. I
0: don't know anything about Peach. What is Peach?
2: No one really is, knows. Peach Is Peach, what peach
0: still is. existent?
2: It exists. It I thought exists. it was it's like very new.
0: I thought it lived entirely in that one weekend that it came out. I thought that was in its entire existence, and then after that, it just the Peach rotted. It it was no longer a thing.
2: It's made by the people who did Bite and the guy who did Vine.
0: Okay, Vine. So, Vine, I know.
2: Uh, I feel like he knows how to make apps, so it'll be interesting just to kind of see like what happens. Um, but yeah, I feel like the heat, the hype, definitely died down, but. I'm into the that peach hype. the peach emoji. So, respect.
0: Just into the peach emoji, just generally. I'm into like fruit, just that one fruit, fruit things.
2: And gen- I mean, my newsletter is like a, a pomplamoose. So I respect the respect the fruit game. Which is a grapefruit. It is a grapefruit in French. Hmm. And the best flavor of lacrosse sparkling water.
0: Lacrosse <laughs> La mm,
3: up La for
2: Croix. debate. I think so.
3: <laughs> I've been really into that water though lately.
0: Yeah. It's a- <laughs> I've never heard. It's like heard a thing it, here. I've never heard anyone talk about Lacroix water before until now. Sorry, Lacroix is what we call it in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Not not Lacroix.
2: Okay. Well, excusez moi. I didn't even
3: know what it was until I moved to California. <laughs> I had never seen it. What kind of Snapchat
2: stories do you tell?
3: Um, I just love how like weird you can be because it disappears. Sure, sure. And I'm friends with like a lot of people, like coworkers and all sorts of people who I would probably never. You know, share these photos with. But (laughs) I don't care at all because it disappears and it's like, you can be profane or you can like do a weird dance Mm -hmm. or.
0: You can actually be DJ Khaled.
2: You can. Major key. What's up? Not a huge fan of him.
0: (laughs) How is that a thing?
2: He did an ad for (laughs) healthcare.gov today. It was so funny. He was just like, they don't want you to have healthcare. So (laughs) we're going (laughs) to register for healthcare. Major key, do it by January thirty first. I was like, all right, what? We're like at the the end of this. Okay,
0: we've we've run out the entire Khalid. Yeah. Did you guys see that like music video though? Hold you down. The I feel like that started it. Was that actually what started it? I feel I like he started, got he got stranded on a
1: yeah
2: jet ski on a jet ski.
1: <laughs> rode around. I thought that was a separate thing though. I think that's what started it. Really?
2: Or it I, led to? I mean, he's always been around and like been doing his thing and like yeah. being DJ Khalid, but. I feel like the the jet ski thing was, I think, how a lot of more of the recent hype came about.
0: Crazy. Hmm. I don't get it. Um,
2: Yeah, Snapchat's interesting to me. I don't really snap that often, but I think it's interesting how they sort of started with really being like a very communication and engagement heavy focus app. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't this notion of like consumption or media or anything. Yeah, it else. wasn't
0: broadcasting. It was just one to one. Totally,
2: right? totally. Um, or I guess like potentially one to many, because you could send the same snap to a couple people okay. or whatever. But it was still like very direct mm-hmm. and intentional. Um and now you have this notion of like a story, right? That you can like post to and then there's actual like brands and like media um, that you can consume within within Snapchat. So I think it's just interesting how they're kind of like I, I don't use it enough to really know like what's up, but I think it's just it's interesting to see them experimenting with that.
3: And well, it's cool because you have you're constantly maintaining this chain of snaps because they expire after 24 hours. So like I'm always making sure that I have at least like a few snaps in my story for people to look what? at. Um, because if I go more than 24 hours without snapping, I have nothing for people to see. And
0: do you even exist? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I cease
0: to
1: exist if there are no Snap stories.
3: But it's also interesting because it's like really one of the only forms of social media where you can't see how many people have watched other people's stories. So I could be like super famous on Snapchat and you wouldn't know. There's no like communal viewing of how popular somebody else is, which like could either like reinforce whether or not you want to watch my stories or not. So it's
1: really interesting. That's a good point. And that. Didn't uh, DJ Khaled share a screenshot of his stats? And it's like three million people watch every single one of his snaps
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at an engagement rate that's higher than like any other platform
0: mm-hmm. ever, essentially.
3: It's crazy. That's Kylie Jenner, love. too. Oh, yeah. Super yeah, popular sure. on Snapchat. You
0: say Kylie my nizzle every time I see you.
2: I love her. <laughs> She's amazing at producing
3: content. I don't know why content.
0: I know that information, <laughs>
2: She also made a cameo on Kanye's Twitter. What? Didn't you see when he leaked his... uh, Oh, the swish at the bottom. He
0: tried to leak it, but no one could read his handwriting.
2: (laughs) I I was like, are you having a stroke right now, Kanye? Like, what's happening? Like, you have the shittiest handwriting in the entire world. He had a stroke
0: yesterday and just tweeted like 30 things. It was amazing.
2: And then Amber Rose just shut that shit down real quick. It's really,
0: really wild.
1: I I got like...
0: I got a text from Jake Marsh saying, this is not a drill. Kanye is going up. <laughs> After like number one or number two or something like that. He's like, it's happening. Yeah. It's finally happening.
2: Yeah, because oh he just started God. tweeting again like recently. He didn't like tweet for a long time. I feel it like. was amazing. Yeah, it's
0: great. Oh my God. The initials. You have my wife's initials on your Twitter feed. You can't do that or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, KK is weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: that was so funny. Uh,
0: that's exactly what you'd expect from Wiz, though.
2: Yeah, totally. Have you seen uh, what is it? The Hangover? That movie, movie? with like Zach Galifianakis and there's Galifianakis. that one Okay, whatever.
0: Get together the quack. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse
2: me. Just don't know how to say words. I don't know also how to pronounce G- geyser. Geyser, yeah. That's the correct way to say it, but I've said geyser my entire life. But that one scene where he's like surrounded by like all these mathematical formulas and symbols or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that's from The Hangover. Yeah. Um, but someone tweeted yesterday like.
0: It's a reference to the Rain Man. Yeah
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That GIF and then like white people trying to make sense of Twitter this afternoon. I saw that. That was, really was really funny. I think what's interesting in the different sort of mediums, and we kind of thrown out like um, audio or video or, you know, shorter form text, longer form text so is kind of these different um, big buckets of you know different media types but there's still things that are common across all of them like discovery and um the way that people find and sort of engage with with content across these things and so with you know you look at vine twitter instagram a lot of them started with this like reverse cron feed type thing that mm-hmm. was like a stream based on this idea of um people that you follow and things you're interested in and they all I think now have something that's more global towards like an explore type thing or a mechanism that's aimed at surfacing, um, quote unquote, like the best stuff and helping people discover different mm-hmm. things. And like Spotify too, you know, Discover weeklies um, everyone's jam, apparently. Um, and sort of having these different sort of modes of discovery and consumption, uh, regardless of what, what type of medium that that is. It's kind of interesting. And sort of how you think about designing those.
3: Do you think that's more of like an onboarding technique, though, to get people deeper into the platform so you then find your own niche and you kind of you curate your feed after you've been given all these cool um, things in the discovery section?
2: Sure. I think that's sure.
3: definitely
0: one well, that's how part Twitter of it. Did it, right? Like, follow kinda. these people.
2: I think Instagram does something like that, too, right? I, I think know. a lot of them start with like interest-based type yeah. onboarding experiences or celebrities, for sure. yeah, and just like famous people, um, just to help people sort of build mm-hmm. that up. And I think there's definitely that like new user experience aspect to it. But I think that um, I feel like the apps today are much more. They have the uh, sort of personalized and like discover or like browse experience more separate than I feel like is really necessary. Like because I think that even though you have and people who have strong networks. Um, And graphs and things like that will see good content, but that still ends up being sort of this, you know, sort of your filter, your corner Mm -hmm. of stuff, which is valuable and is compelling in a different way. Um, But I think more and more there's something to be said for like branching out of the things that you already know or like following people who are just like you or your own sort of like filter bubble um, and having different ways as jumping off points, like two things to explore. And so these different modes of, um, I want things that are you know personalized and relevant to me, but also having things this element of serendipity and discovery. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really important um, for different for all different types of content, um, and not just sort of limiting you to make you sort of you know continue to sort of call your follow graph or um, continue to find people to follow, um, and having sort of different different doors and like entry points to finding different stuff.
0: Isn't that kind of where Twitter Moments fits in? It feels like a continuous for sure, for sure. onboarding kind of thing. Like- yeah, exactly. Especially for new people or people who don't understand Twitter, it's kind of like a best of Twitter thing. So it mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. shows you accounts you can follow, right?
3: Kind of. And it's just like a great immersive kind of experience for people who might not know where to go and see the best of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. It also integrates for like events and things if you follow like an NBA game that's happening mm-hmm. into your timeline without you having to go follow like all the people who are tweeting about this event, which I think is really cool. Um, and limits that sort of friction because you're like, oh, I'm interested in you know this one event, but I'm not going to go follow like ten warrior players and all the coaches and all the like reporters about this thing. Um, you have a quick way to sort of get an idea of what's happening with a given event, and um, I feel like live thing, award show Twitter, like sports Twitter, like live sort of things that I think are um, it adds a lot of value. Like that second screen experience adds a lot of value.
0: It's nice that it kind of cuts to the noise. that is has hashtags, right? Like mm-hmm. a hashtag can get messy real quick. Especially if it's not very specific, and mm-hmm. people use them terribly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. People, oh my god, the the endless hashtag thing drives me insane. People who just randomly just they'll end every tweet with a hashtag that yeah. is unrelated <laughs> to any topic ever.
3: Yeah, <laughs> or like when you're on Instagram and people oh have like,
0: oh god. God. like <laughs> they're,
2: they're trying to get comments. followers,
0: yeah. and it's like, oh,
1: it's So <laughs>
3: terrible.
2: I literally unfollow anyone who does that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, get out of here.
1: I feel like every product is at this weird. Probably not even a tipping point. Every yet. product, yeah, every product in their discover section is uh, a blend of AI and human curation, mm-hmm. and I don't think either has tipped a hundred percent in either direction. Like, you think Spotify, Medium, Twitter, Facebook, like everything is somehow blend, and I wonder which way will ultimately skew that gives the most value to a normal consumer. Like, if it's full AI or if it's if this human curated mm-hmm. almost personal element.
2: Totally is what totally. what's going to make
1: products feel more engaging and, and personal to you.
2: I think that's a big, really big important thing. Um, with did you guys ever use Songza? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think yeah. they got bought by Google or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I was like super into Songza, and so they used technology and AI and all these sort of you know more um, algorithmic solutions as inputs to sort of help you find a good. Like playlist or different moods or things like that to inform use context to inform that decision basically, but all the playlists were hand curated, and so I think this sort of interplay—I don't know if it necessarily needs to go like robots versus like humans entirely. I think there's a world where it blends, and like Discover Weekly is an example of this too, right? Where it's eventually
0: like, it all comes down to robots versus humans.
2: Yeah, that's that's the end. That's game. how we die. That's the yeah,
0: yeah, we know, we know who wins.
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, But yeah, I just thought it was interesting because all the the playlist stuff was like curated by humans on songs, but they would use technology to be like, oh, it's, you know, whatever, Friday afternoon or it's raining like where you are and use these sort of different um, contextual inputs as ways Mm -hmm. to suggest like music for a rainy day or like studying with friends or um, having that, um, to your point, in a way that feels like personal and like more human. Um, I think that's really important.
1: And just more context aware.
2: Like, mm-hmm. I think the
1: general trend is just towards more and more context awareness as we're sharing our location and mm-hmm. and we know more about like your life and you're connecting all of your social platforms together. You have like way more context. So maybe the stories you suggest in, in a stream of content, whether that's Medium or Twitter, is mm-hmm. different on a, a Friday morning uh, versus a Sunday afternoon. Like They could be completely different mm-hmm. sets of content. And I guess you measure that and get a higher click rate and, <laughs> and data proves one way or the other.
3: I think it's also interesting because we, like, if you have a photo that you want to get a lot of likes on, you're probably going to post it at a time, or I would I post it at a time <laughs> where I think a lot of people would be looking at Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're sort of doing that ourselves, too, a mm-hmm. bit, which is Yeah, that's
2: funny. a really good point. I'm always like, oh, it's, you know, too late in New York tomorrow.
0: Yeah. If I like, yeah, totally. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot
3: of uh if I have like a joke, I'm like, I really want people to retweet this and, and like it. I'm like, I'm gonna do this at like seven PM prime time. Twitter time, yeah. yeah you know, just,
2: <laughs> but a lot of people do that. Um That's a really good point actually, because on Medium, um, a little while ago, people also felt the same, like when's the optimal time to post? Mm-hmm. Um and When our, is the
0: optimal time to post? Our product science <laughs>
2: team did this like very intense analysis about whether that had any impact on it and I think the conclusion was it doesn't really matter.
1: Interesting. There's always hmm. there's always two bumps which I liked about Medium. There's always two bumps of traffic you get. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like when it's published and your followers get the notification and then whatever Monday when everyone gets the email, mm-hmm. right? There's always two bumps. That was really cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you get the surprise bump if like someone like really famous or influential like recommends it and then oh, it goes yeah. out to a bunch of followers their followers <laughs> yeah
1: i wouldn't know <laughs> we'll
2: get we'll
3: get you're not immediately <laughs> I'm okay i enter into medium through the push notifications all the time like it's like the one published of, pushes uh yeah okay. the published ones yeah. like it's one of the only apps where i actually am like okay i'm going to go into this right now and then i'll either bookmark it or
2: just not read it right right one. oh interesting but you you like those push notifications
3: i like them okay I love push notifications. I have them turn on for everything, and then I don't have a lot of time. What apps are on you?
0: On my oh my God. <laughs> Is this like an ironic thing? No, like, I love it. Oh no.
3: I'm weird.
2: I respect that.
3: I, yeah, that's interesting. I love waking up to like 30 push notifications. It's the best oh my feeling. God,
0: you are addicted. <laughs> that like ends my day. Like I'll spend all morning finishing things before I get out of bed. It'll be terrible. I'll get to work at one like one thirty.
2: Do you guys use Google inbox on your phone? No, no, okay. I use inbox because Dropbox killed mailbox, and I was very sad. but inbox, I really hate the the actual Gmail app because it feels like too slow and like clunky to me. but mm. inbox felt like a little closer to whatever like faster m- mobile native email client. Um, but their pushes are like not in sync with your actual inbox. So if you like open a message uh, and you had the push from it, it won't like clear that. and so it just, I don't know, it stresses me and annoys me. Mm. Like, Mailbox is really good about that. Like, if you opened an email, it wouldn't, like, continue to leave that link, like, ding dangling in your push That's actually something
0: that bothers me with Slack, is you'll get a push notification, mm-hmm. you'll tap into it, and it has to load the message, and it's not there yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. What are background threads even for, man? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know the answer to that. I, I just put two words together.
1: I don't even understand threads. Me either. What is a thread?
2: I think people mostly talk about threading as like being able to run like concurrent programs. And so there are like two different um pl- like places you can like execute a program. At the same time. At the same time.
1: You were saying before we started that you feel <laughs> <laughs> overwhelmed by information. And here we are sitting around talking about like push notifications and and constantly checking these things. You're the problem, Tara. No, that's that's not <laughs> the problem. But I, I'm curious like if you feel overwhelmed with this or if you would counter what Tara feels like that this is this is the point like this is the point to get those pushes and like communicate with the entire world kind of from like this amazing little hub or is it Mm -hmm. is it too much for you
2: for me Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed but when we were talking about email earlier I think Tara had a really good point about the good thing about it being like it's asynchronous nature and that you can know that you can always sort of like come back to it or that it's in this like space that you left it and you have a really clear sense of where you left off and where you can pick back up. Um, for me, I think it's more like I feel drawn to some aspects of like being able to sort of broadcast to, you know, a network or your followers or friends or whatever, on uh, whatever platform of your choosing. But I think we've moved like way too heavy towards broadcast and there's something Maybe like the pendulum needs to swing a little bit back more towards like smaller, intimate types of conversations. And like, I think some of the best interactions that I've had have been like, you know, smaller groups of, you know, Facebook Messenger type group things or small private Slack teams or this like interesting kind of um, more narrow and focused group of people where you can have, you know, communication or discussion around like a given topic or interest. and not necessarily sort of feeling this pressure to be like I'm on this pedestal and I'm like broadcasting to the world um everything and there's definitely like good good aspects about that too like I want people to see whatever I ate for dinner on Instagram but I think I'm I'm more interested in terms of like the writing aspect like how you can have more specificity in who you're creating content for and like who that maybe like initially gets distributed to and not having it this be this like just blast it out into the ether because then I think that creates like false expectations. Like for example, on Medium, you know, you have whatever. Say you have like a thousand followers, and you're like, oh, I published this, and then when you don't get all those like recommends or highlights, why or aren't there a thousand recommends? Yeah, you're like, I have all I- these people who are following me, and I think that just sets up this like dichotomy of, oh, well, some people may have the app, they may get the push, they may not, or people just like don't necessarily care. But it, if you imagine the situation that was like, okay, I wrote this piece about.
0: I'm thought leadering over here. Give me my likes.
2: New old media (laughs) and sent it specifically to you know, you three and ask and it was published to you. I think you would be you as a reader would be more invested in paying attention to that Mm -hmm. as opposed to if it was just like me tweeting it out randomly, maybe.
0: It feels like a modern version of an editorial but without a newspaper. Mm -hmm. Some people are spinning this
1: into personal brands, right? Mm
0: -hmm. I think of Mm
1: -hmm. like Tobias van Schneider has turned his email newsletter almost into a well, completely Mm-mm. into personal brand, right?
0: It's just a big part of his personal brand.
1: Okay, it's a big piece, and that like feeds into his medium, which feeds into his podcast. I don't know. Are you guys noticing more people that can have the ability to take this route, where it's like you don't really even have to have a quote unquote traditional job anymore? But you can mm-hmm. engage with my personal brand wherever you like, right? I'm everywhere, right?
3: Mm-hmm. I think. Well, I feel that's,
1: like that's going start, to start happening a lot more. You know, there's a few like the Tim Ferris's, the uh, what's the wine guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, like those kinds no, of people. No wine guy. <laughs> in
0: two ways. Or are you saying
3: Tara? There's like an immense amount of pressure to maintain a personal brand across platforms, I would say. There is. I mean, I think there is. It depends on the person. Maybe Britain feels
1: no pressure ever.
3: Yeah. I'm with you. I <laughs> feel Especially that in for design sure. and tech. Like in tech, I can for sure. only speak about designers, but I don't know. Every designer I know, like, definitely wants to have a brand associated with them. Totally. Like, I do too. I mean, I'm not lying. But people say they yeah, don't but care,
0: but they kind of do. They I totally was, care. I was joking about personal brands in the office. My iOS developer called it personal brands, but <laughs> um, <clears throat> they, they then told me that IRL is just staging for tweets for me, hmm. testing grounds before I before I tweet <laughs> things. <laughs> staging
1: server. I feel like we cut you off though, Tara. You you were About to talk about personal brands.
3: I mean, there are times where like I'm gonna tweet something and I maybe it's like a link to an article I think is interesting. And I'm like, I'm not gonna tweet that because I don't wanna be another designer tweeting like a link to a design article. Mm It like like Mm -hmm. feels off brand to me. Sure, sure. I don't
1: do it that much every minute. No,
3: but (laughs) to be fair, I get great content from the
2: designers that do do it.
1: I just don't
0: wanna
2: be one of those
1: designers.
2: But I like following.
0: You'll engage with their brands instead. Yeah.
2: Do you feel like that would be different if you, like, do you ever send just, like, those links to a small subset of people? Totally. Or a message. Yeah, 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 for sure. Or Slack. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely do that. I just feel like. But not broadcasting out, like, oh, (laughs) I'm this, like, designer tweets about, like, designery links Yeah, and stuff.
3: And, yeah, and I'm very different in real life than I am, like, on Twitter or Snapchat. And people have, like, even said to me, they're just, like, they're, like, oh, you're, you're so quiet. I'm <laughs> like,
0: I know. So I feel like that's just how relationships are, though, right? Yeah. Like, I have friends I talk to mm-hmm. about sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. or there's like Sam Sophis where I talk to him about motorcycles all the time, but I don't do that with everyone else. Totally. Like, Thank God.
2: I feel that too. What you were saying about like being very conscious of what you tweet, because I feel like when I first started on Twitter, it was, I was a journalism school student, and so I went to a bunch of like journalism conferences and it was more like media people who were following me. Mm -hmm. Um, Media tech kind of overlaps stuff and then um, I mostly tweeted about that and then two years ago I started dating my boyfriend and then he got me into sports and like the Warriors and I remember I wouldn't like tweet about sport for the long because I was like all these people like no one I don't want that to be like part of my brand or like my, people's association and also sort of feeling this pressure. Like I know people who follow me are in this um, sort of space and I think they follow me because they expect this type of content. Um, and then feeling like you're limited in what you can sort of broadcast out in that, that mechanism.
3: Totally. Yeah. I think about that all the time when like most of my followers are just designers that yeah. probably follow yeah. me because of my bio. <laughs> like they don't know me and they probably, uh, right. right. And I'm just like thinking like, they have no idea what they're in for because I do not tweet about design. Prepare
1: for the tweets. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Sometimes they'll unfollow me after a few days. I'm like, okay, it's fine.
2: You're like, all right, I see. I didn't need to anyway. Cry a little, but... (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I think another example of like someone who's really good at the personal brand thing is Anne Friedman. Do you guys know who Mm -hmm. she is? I don't know her. Uh, She's awesome. She's actually she's from LA or not from. She lives in LA. Uh, She's a freelance writer based in LA, and she worked at this magazine that I worked for for a little bit called Good. Now she's just like freelance full time, uh, but has a really strong voice. Writes about feminism uh, and a whole bunch of other like cultural stuff, and is just really smart and witty. And she has this podcast with um, another woman in, in tech who's awesome, uh, Amina Sow, and it's called mm. Call Your Girlfriend, and mm. they do this thing, but she also has this weekly newsletter, um, and she's like a canonical example, I think, of like a quote-unquote like personal brand in media, and when she left Good, she thought she was potentially maybe going to find like another job, but then she sort of just started building a name for herself around the things she was writing, making a name for herself based on her taste as well, like curation being that big component of her newsletter, and um, and then now, she, I mean, she's been doing the freelance thing for like a few years now and like making a name for herself out of that uh, and not f- sort of having to be, um, you know, beholden to any one, one employer. Um, big, big girl crushing her, but she's
1: awesome. Tips she's for building a personal brand. You should ask her. <laughs> I don't do have, have a personal brand.
3: <laughs> Consistency.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good one, honestly. Pick
3: a niche.
0: <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Are you writing a book? <laughs> Those are the chapter titles. We're really just talking about specialization (laughs) in design here, right? You're designing your personal brand.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. Some people really want that. And I think there's
1: probably better strategies than others to do it, right? Brian's is puff pieces.
2: I think a big part for me is also... Actually,
0: you know what? I will counter Bryn. Counter it. Counter away. Would you like me to show you your Twitter feed? Sure.
1: The most followers I have ever gotten... Was a period of time where I would just share other people's work that I found that I really liked and just say something that I liked about it and then tag them in it. And like thousands of people were like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'll follow this. That's why Nice Boy is your personal brand. (laughs) (gasps) Nice Boy trademark. That's got to be my bio now. Please do. That's great.
3: I think though, like you're talking about these puff pieces and all that. And it's like, I don't really know how to phrase this, but I feel like it's a little intimidating to publish something, you
0: totally. know, especially
3: on Medium, because like I'm afraid that if I have something to say, people will be like, "Oh, it's just another puff piece about designing designer next. thought <laughs> leading." Yeah, but like I like I want to write stuff. I want to write more long form totally. stuff, but I feel so comfortable like in the confines of Twitter and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. that I am just way too nervous, and I don't know. Mm how people get over that hump of like okay i'm going to publish stuff and just like own the fact that yeah there are like a million blog posts that are coming out today but like this is mine and maybe some people care
1: yeah i'm the same way same fear and it results in inaction and just time goes by and you're like shit i didn't actually accomplish any of the goals i had i try for to writing mix, for i writing. try
0: to mix in enough stupid shit like five like star ratings of comic book series That are just not valuable to anyone except for myself. (laughs) That that it really keeps my brand level down. It's like he (laughs) doesn't take himself too seriously.
2: (laughs) To me, I think that's an important part of it. Is like not trying to take yourself like too seriously, and still like being very human and personal about Mm. it. And I mean, people are smart; they can be. They can sense like when you're being authentic or when you're trying to like put on more of an act. And I feel like the things that are more like puff piece, like thought leadery, kind of like things we maybe like turn our noses up at a little bit just feel like very generic or like they're writing for what they think they, the audience wants to hear and not necessarily writing for themselves. And so if you have stuff that you want to share about like design or whatever, but focusing on like how and why that's important to you and sharing that, I feel like that authenticity and that like aspect of it will come across. And for sure, there's still the sort of like scary intimidating aspect of like, Oh, now I have to like publish this and publish is such a scary word too. Right? Like, share or like tweet feels like a lot more comfortable um that's something we've talked a lot about um at medium too tweetium tweet um yeah everyone's like why don't you just make this thing that's like convert tweet storms or whatever to like medium things um sometimes it's easier to start with like more defined constraints like around a around a thing it's like an outline
0: Mm -hmm. at, at the worst
3: yeah It's interesting when you go and see a stand-up comedian Mm -hmm. and they will kind of riff on like a tweet in real life, Mm -hmm, um, which mm -hmm. I think is funny because it's kind of like the same thing. They're just like doing stand-up based on uh, perhaps a tweet that was less intimidating for them to send out there. Yeah, (laughs) You could do the same thing with a long form.
0: It's like a cliff notes of a joke.
3: Yeah, totally. I've seen like... (sighs) People who I admire, like Chelsea Peretti will like <laughs> literally oh God, do a tweet mm-hmm. in real life and it's so funny. And then she can like continue on from there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Her whole act is like a series of tweets in real life, though, right? Like,
3: um, a little bit. She was pretty early on Twitter and she's mm-hmm. like really good at it too. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: what does it mean to be good at Twitter? Like, when you Uh-oh. say it just now, like, what does that mean? I
3: mean, there's no meaning to that because okay. there's so <laughs> many different genres. Um, but you know, there are people who like get a thing and people who don't mm -hmm. it's like
1: they like understand mm -hmm. the platform and how people will respond to it
3: yeah but then you have things like you know coffee dad is obviously a joke but like an account like coffee dad could be a person who's really you know in quotation marks bad at twitter but then it becomes funny Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: what's coffee dad
3: it's this account where it's just like getting coffee having coffee coffee like yeah (laughs) it's an older one it's
2: have you seen uh we (laughs) rate dogs I have not. Oh, my God. it's So it's this account that just like RTs pictures of dogs that are like, uh, and sometimes they're not even dogs, they're like other animals, but they're like, this is Stan. Stan is like doing something crazy, like five out of five. Or like, this is Joe, and Joe is like actually a pig, but Joe looks soft anyway. So, you know, four out of five or whatever. And it's it's really funny. It doesn't translate well to the audio medium, (laughs) but the difference about being good at Twitter. You just
1: have to look it up. Yeah. Just trust (laughs) me.
2: But we rate dogs.
3: It's interesting how Instagram has recently—I don't know—in the past two years become popular with this like found media stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the like fuck Jerry's and the what
1: Jerry of the day
3: or like yeah all that stuff which is all and a lot of comedians hate that because it's like recycled from other places. It's all Mm -hmm. like stolen jokes. Like it's Mm -hmm. not super respected in like certain communities, but then you have like mainstream people who are like, oh my God, fuck Jerry's so funny. Yeah. You know, (laughs) or like, "By Felicia or like all this stuff.
0: What are you talking
1: about? Have you never
2: seen Friday? These are huge things. These are very big. Brynn is the dad in
1: this situation. Eating coffee. Explain. Eating
2: pistachios.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a scene
2: in Friday.
0: Died in the wool, pistachio eating dad.
2: Do you watch Empire?
0: No. Oh my Does, God! Do people watch Empire? I though? don't watch Empire. I watch I feel Empire. Like you're the like their target market.
2: Um, I don't know what you mean by that,
3: but yeah, I think do. I'm offended. You know exactly
0: what I mean by that.
3: <laughs> uh, you have this like kind of trickle down effect of like these super niche accounts on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat that then become really popular. Uh, I know it's kind of interesting. No,
0: what's the Your example? This I mean. is.
2: Hmm.
0: I, I feel like it's like Bernie iOS Sanders.
2: Yep. That's I've been hilarious. seeing that a lot. week. Or like awesome. super funny fake Joni. I, f-
0: fake fake, fake I, I, I yeah, uh, bored Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. I could, okay. I could see that.
3: I guess there's some, I don't know, just to think about new media. Horse oh. ebook. Just to think about like new media stuff, how it's changed yeah. over time. Like since now everybody can publish, there's more interesting experimental stuff happening. Totally.
2: Yeah. And people just kind of like feeling free to sort of express themselves in a bunch of different and new creative ways. And before there was like these gatekeepers, but before like you had to be published or you had to go through these gatekeepers of like different mediums to like get your name or your content out there. And yeah, today everyone is a publisher and they can put whatever weird shit out there, like rate pictures of dogs or like bring back old cultural memes or like create new ones. And yeah, you mentioned like horse eBooks that spawned like a whole, whole
3: thing. I can't believe
0: that was a thing. Like that's crazy. It's just a bad bot. Yeah. Like,
3: you can make your own ebooks account, like e yeah.
2: ebooks. Yeah, Bryn ebooks.
0: Hard pass. <laughs> Wait, what does that do?
2: You can just like make your own ebooks. It's just spot. like a Markov chain and it like strings together random words and then like tweets them out for you. And it would be like based on your, like, your yeah, it tweets. takes your like tweets as your input person. and then it like tries to, it's guess. a personal
0: brand generator. Yeah. Totally.
2: I yeah, still see people like arching their like ebooks account. I'm like, mm-hmm. What are you doing? You know it's like I've never made right? one, but I one. <laughs> like, at the
0: beginning experiment,
1: of this conversation, experiment. I understood slightly what we were talking about, but now I have no idea like what the hell we're talking about what are, <laughs> this is this deep Twitter but e-books? nobody even
3: knows like
1: you never heard of horse that's, e-books? Media
3: now.
2: No that's true nobody knows what they're doing, and yeah. everyone like anyone who tells you that they think they know what they're doing is. Either full of themselves or just like bullshitting because like no one actually knows and everyone's just experimenting and trying all these new things and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't and what's compelling and what takes off and whatever gets the likes or the shares or well, all I, that.
0: I think when when you mentioned good at Twitter and how that's not really a thing, I feel like it's speaking the language that a community has adopted on Twitter. Like you're you're fitting with a group of people. But also subverting
3: like, that is just as interesting as not following it. So but
0: but then you're fitting in with another community that's doing that thing.
3: Yeah. And then that's just like life. Like there are so many trends. (laughs) But like with anything like like, even like it's like personal brands are just
0: relationships.
3: There's no there like everything is in now. Like I'll look at these like I follow a lot of these like fashion bloggers like Man Repeller or people like that. And like she'll wear the craziest stuff. She's like a super popular fashion blogger. And um And I don't know, you might be like, this isn't in, but like everything is in and nothing is in at the
2: same time. Mm -hmm. So you could like, how else do you explain the man ponytail?
1: There is no in. Uh,
0: (laughs) man ponytail, isn't it bun? Man man
2: bun, whatever. Man bun. I've been told it's Leonardo. That was
0: a clip on man bun. Caprio's fault. It's so funny to me. Beard glitter. That's a trend. It is a trend. Oh God,
1: Mike D. That guy.
2: And I think the other part of it is that, the, like being connected on the internet like enables everyone and in these small niches to find each other much more easily than mm. we did before. We were all connected to everything and everyone, um, so that, like you said, it is just kind of like life, but in a new connect. If you grew up in like a small rural town um, and you were different, chances are you didn't really have a lot of people around mm. in that same town who looked or like were interested in the same things as you. But you can still find your community and like people who are interested in the same things. Um, like find your tribe on the internet in different ways today um, and build a community around that, or like subvert that and then find people who are interested in sort of that that new space.
3: And it's kind of cool how it's evolved from like this world of anonymous users um, talking about a topic to everybody. Now like you use your real name on everything. Yeah, and yeah like, that's a really good that's point. That's more popular. And I feel like in, I don't know, I wasn't really like super around in the 90s, but. Were, <laughs> I, was
1: I was partially a human.
3: I feel like a lot of the like internet communities had like you had these weird like alt names and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm.
0: message boards
3: yeah and it was all like it, no one used their real name for like no. aim mm-hmm. I remember when I made my name? Gmail I didn't do my real name even though it was available <laughs> yeah. because I was like 14 or whatever th- I don't know like really maybe like 13 even and I was like scared to do my real name online
2: yeah. my aim name my first one was bballqt14 nice
3: yeah. oh yeah my first Strong. My first AOL account was TM Toys one two three because I was <laughs> toys in the first grade or S. And that's what I liked.
1: <laughs> TM Toys.
0: What was yours, Bryn? I bet it was good. That's a good question. Uber Bryn. No, I think it was Lyft Bryn. Uh, tantrum two one one seven, which is my locker number, and a wakeboard <laughs> trick. No wow. joke. Wow. I was Warrior Lax
1: nine oh six. No Lex. doubt. Nice. Warrior Lax. Lacrosse. Lacrosse bro. Nice. Warriors lacrosse brand, <laughs> 906.
2: Wow, it's amazing. I only used uh, AOL Instant Messenger for like, a little while because I left the States when I was like 11 and then the rest of the world uses like MSN Messenger mm. and that was tied mm-hmm. to your real identity oh, and so everyone had, I was super into it. I like did the capital K lowercase uh, a and then capital T. Caps. I, yeah, and you could change your like display name but you still have your caps? real email. Sticky caps. Oh, yeah, that was the thing. Tilda star, capital K, lowercase A, capital T. You never did this shit? Now used nope. to
3: denote irony.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, that. I thought it was just really aggressive camel case. Hmm. Sticky caps. Sticky caps. The. But never it was always tricky
2: because sometimes you had words that like, because you never wanted the I to be capital, because the capital I looked weird next to other letters, and so you always wanted the lowercase I. And so sometimes people would start it with the lowercase rather than the uppercase, so you could have the I be lowercase.
0: So speaking of new old media, yes. <laughs> that now denotes sarcasm. It's an actual thing?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. It totally,
3: it's like, ironic to use sticky caps or do you mm-hmm. like, tildes around tilda, things. Yeah, yeah. Or you, it can like, kind of be like a way you would pronounce something.
0: Okay.
2: Like f- you could do Tilda personal brand close Tilda and it would convey that you're not someone. who's a personal brand tilda? actually serious? No, no, no. It's, no, no,
3: same. it's the same Another, Tilda. I was oh, yeah. like, wait a
1: second, did I not know <laughs> <laughs> it's upside down?
3: It's cool though how things like AIM even. To me, it reminds me of certain things in something like Peach even mm-hmm. because away messages were like a huge thing in AIM. Oh my goodness. And those speaking didn't of a good save. Twitter account, yeah.
0: What?
1: <laughs>
3: you never saw away like messages? your away message on Twitter?
2: No. It was great like a blast from the you should put all these in the show notes
3: for anybody who's interested I'll in them, I'll
0: find them as Brian's Twitter. job not me
3: um but like your away messages would disappear and they were only there for like whatever however mm-hmm. many hours mm-hmm. you had them up there and you have like a feed it's in like where like yeah or yeah, like the totally. latest thing is up at the top so it was kind of like this ephemeral piece of social media back then too and like I would always do my away messages to like it would say, like, hit the digits, and then my cell phone number. And I was, like, wow. thought I was so cool because I had a cell digits. phone, whatever. But, like, hit I don't know. It, like, said what I was doing, and it showed that I was, like, kind of cool, but I wasn't. Um,
1: so. No surprises there, Tara. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hit the digits.
2: um Yeah, I don't, I've been thinking, I mean, going back to the newsletter thing, like, I think there's still something, some untapped potential around curation and um, that there are ways that you can kind of do it online today, but there isn't, um, I don't know. I mean, you could kind of do it on Twitter, but there isn't really one place I feel like that you immediately think of that you can go to and be like, oh yeah, you can make a name for yourself based on your taste here. And I think that's what's compelling to me about newsletters, even though you hate email. I think it's less about, I want more email, but it's more like, I want more thinking from, or like, Raw thoughts or ideas or other things from someone who's influential or someone who I respect or someone whose ideas, like I think, are worthwhile, and want to know more of that and have that kind of like raw insight, um, which I think Tobias Van Schneider like tries to do with his email list. Although he just like republishes all of the stuff on his like private list on Medium, so it kind of, I don't know, whatever it works for him. Uh, that's chill. I think it's interesting just to think about sort of um, newsletters as a space where people are kind of doing it today. And, you know, you mentioned before on Twitter that you feel like you can't necessarily sort of like curate things around maybe like designer links or resources or things like that because it doesn't feel on brand there. But if you had a different space that was maybe around like a certain topic or a space where it was like expressly for mm-hmm. people to collect things and not necessarily like also feel like they have to create content, that could be interesting. And I feel like with old blogging, you know, there's a lot of people who did like the link blogs and that was like a really interesting kind of notion where. Have a link blog. Not really. <laughs> Link blogs are the shit I'm super into link blogs um, I'm into link blogs too I think it's really cool because it's it shows that it's not just about people who are like necessarily writing the best stuff um but also finding things and then not just finding them but being able to comment on them effectively mm-hmm. and I think there's so much value in that and to the point of uh, earlier, we were talking about sort of feeling overwhelmed by all the information and things that are being created today. I think having a trusted voice or a filter that you choose, like maybe it's someone who's in your field or someone who's in a totally different field who you just want to like learn more about, um, having that sort of like trusted filter help bring and deliver information to you, I think is really, really compelling and interesting. And um,
1: the clearest example I can think of that is I only get Apple news from Daring Fireball, which maybe mm-hmm. is not the most. Unbiased source, but I just think that his commentary is well thought out.
2: Totally. And he obviously
1: skews towards the side of Apple. So I probably end up more that side too. But (laughs) I I, I appreciate that. Like he reads other stuff and saves me a lot of time and kind of sums it up in a couple Mm -hmm. sentences, right? He reads
0: puff pieces so I don't have to.
1: Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Totally. All about Apple. Yeah.
3: It's kind of interesting how, and I mean, whether or not you like her. Huge people like Lena Dunham even have newsletters. Now she has Lenny Letter. Yes. And that's like, they'll publish whole articles in the email. Mm -hmm. And so you either have to read it then or like you don't read it at all. Mm -hmm. Kind of forces you to, I don't know, look at it or not.
2: Yeah, and I think with newsletters, there's also this interesting dynamic where you have subscribed to it. So you've explicitly asked for it and then it comes in your inbox. So you have that sort of sense of familiarity. For sometimes on Twitter, I'm like, oh, Sure, like I don't necessarily remember like following this person, but with email, there's usually like a two-step kind of thing, and you're like mm-hmm. a little bit more invested. Oh, I must have done it. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that grants like you as a reader like a little bit more leniency. I think Lenny Letter, some of the content is really compelling, and they've done a lot of really cool interviews with awesome people like Gloria Steinem and Hillary, and they take awesome selfies and all that jazz. But is that
0: Jennifer Lawrence piece?
2: Right? Yeah, totally. Um, that was yeah, that was huge. Um, and the fact that
0: that blew up from a newsletter was amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And now they have a website where they don't publish all of the things, so there's still this kind of notion mm. of like exclusivity and membership around the email newsletter, even though technically anyone can join, but I think just having that sort of extra step creates this interesting interesting kind of dynamic. Um and because you sort of have asked for it, I think even though all the content isn't necessarily always like the best thing because you have explicitly like signed up for this newsletter, I think you're much more receptive to like seeing that content. And even though I don't necessarily read it all in one go, the thing about email is that you can kind of just like leave it there and like know you can come back to it later. And so sometimes I'll like come back and finish it or like leave them in my inbox if I haven't actually gotten through the whole thing. Um, or then I make the decision to be like, oh well, I'm not gonna read this this one and archive gone forever.
0: I thought that was interesting that you mentioned that it's like, well, you kind of read it now or you don't read it. Because that reminds me a lot of, like, the, the beauty of email, right, is that it's async. We, you don't have to do things at any given time. But so much of our media used to be so very synchronous totally. with, like, broadcast times and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The fact that a, a piece that is by default async could be synchronous just by its, the nature of the content in it is kind of unique.
3: I think it also has to do with the fact that everybody just gets so much email now that like, your inbox can become a feed in and of itself. And maybe you tackle it all at once. Maybe you do the inbox zero thing, whatever. But like, the way that you treat email also kind of dictates how you would consume an email newsletter, I guess.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: Are you Twitter completionists?
2: No, I cannot do that. How do you complete Twitter? That's just like not even a notion that's possible
0: I to read be. every tweet that comes into my feed.
2: Some people use Jesus. like
3: TweetBot to sync the place there in, uh, no. in their feed it across probably. devices. But yeah. that's just so much work. I can never do that. Yeah. How many people do you follow?
0: I follow, I have a very aggressive Twitter policy, and I've shown Tara this before. Uh, I follow 255 people, and probably half of those are muted.
1: Wow. Aggressive.
0: Did you mute me? Years ago. Before I met you. I just made a, a
1: secret list called secret cool people, and I added 100 people to it. Nice. And that's my Twitter. Twitter and lists, that, I feel like, that were this is, really
2: interesting opportunity for curation. And then they never really finished lists, I feel like. And then they got buried deeper and deeper into the product. Um,
1: I could rant about Twitter lists, but I won't. because <laughs> But the people who Twitter. use lists are like <laughs>
2: hardcore on the list and like... Foursquare, did you guys use Foursquare list? Yes. I'm super into the no. Foursquare I list. I still use the Foursquare list. Me too. List. I use Foursquare. I, I use Swarm foursquare. still. Same. Same. We
1: okay. Friends. Explain explain Swarm because I got it. I used it for a long time, checking all these places, getting coins, getting badges.
0: What does any of that matter? All the shit. And yeah, they What a blue what bottle. What? No oh. That's it? unsurprising.
2: Which one? Uh, the one in the Twitter building. <laughs> There's one in the Twitter building? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn.
1: But, okay, Swarm is actually the one, like, what is the point? Because they don't do coupons anymore, they don't do discounts, all this kind of, like, what is I the feel like it's reason? kind of
2: this, like, data input part, and, like, they try to make the coins and the gamification to keep it fun. For me, I use it as, like, a personal log, so sometimes I can't remember what I did on a given day, or if I'm in a new city, or a city that I've been to before, but it's been a long time, like, I just went to Philly, and... You can search for places that you've been before, and it brings up recommendations and things like that. And so you check into places, and it knows like which of your friends have also checked into places, and then it uses all that data basically to just give you better recommendations. And so Foursquare recommend that's like I don't I hate Yelp. I use Foursquare, and Foursquare gives me like really really good recommendations. Um, so for me, it's kind of a, a two thing like
1: I can sort of buy the, the the quantified the log of your piece piece yeah quantified yeah. yeah
3: I've checked in every single day since I was 18 years old on FourSquare and then Swarm I have thousands and thousands mm-hmm, of check-ins mm-hmm. and um it's just been a really awesome diary for me because I know where I've been and yeah. you know living across New York and LA and San Francisco mm-hmm. like it's just I have like a memory in every place and on every day I can see where I was and I Really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, it's so cool. And then sometimes they'll send you, they started doing this recently with like more of their data team, but they're like, here's your year in like 2015, like see all and terrible animations of like your plane flying across like different continents if you traveled or whatever. But it's kind of a, yeah, a diary thing where you can sort of like have a glance Um at what you did on any given day. And for me also, I think it does the like record thing too. So for a while it was like, oh wow, you've been to like coffee shop seven days in a row. You're like, oh, look at me. I'm like, you know, coffee. Addicted to coffee. Yeah, <laughs> or like at the gym, you know, it's like seven days in a row. Your mind says yes, but your biceps say no or something like super tacky and annoying like that. But it sort of has this like small intrinsic like motivation bit to it um, that I find is interesting. It
0: and
3: also to- your, your broadcasting that you go out, I mean, I don't know if you guys <laughs> yes. used like. I have a life. <laughs> Look at me. I'm no, I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys used to use like Get Glue or anything, but you would check into TV shows. What? Um, and I loved it because it was like I was like, oh my god, it's like Foursquare for homebody. Did you use Path? Uh, huge. I was huge into Path. I used it, like that yeah. for the
2: movies and books, like all the time. Totally. I was like, I'm totally. doing things. I'm reading at home in bed.
3: Look at me. Yeah. No, it was a great. It, I loved that those things allowed you to kind of broadcast what you were doing, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a super social kind of like I'm at this whatever bar or something. It was just like, oh, I'm watching TV. And that w- was um, kind of lent itself well to a communal viewing experience too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can see like which of your friends were checked into the TV show as well. And they mm. did some cool like partnerships with like film festivals
2: and stuff. Oh, cool. That was neat. But That's interesting. That's kind of the cool thing also about Peach is that you can add these different types and have these different macros of things. You can say like, book, here's what I'm reading. And then they have this other macro Magic words similar to like the Slack slash commands, um, where you can be like rate, and then you can rate whatever thing that you're doing. So I take this drawing class on Tuesday nights, and I always like just upload a photo of like the terrible sketch that I've done that week, uh, which I'm too embarrassed to share on Twitter, and then be like rate one out of five or like whatever. But you can do that for a bunch of different things and compose these different elements. Um, that is just an interesting different form of expression and allows people to experiment in in new ways um, that I think is kind of cool.
3: Yeah, and when you prompt people to you know, post those like content types. Mm-hmm, they're more mm-hmm. likely to. Because yeah, totally. It would be really cheesy to be like reading this book. Yeah. On other things, but in peach.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Facebook, the status stuff where in the beginning it was like, is blah blah blah, and sometimes mm. now they like resurface all your old memories to you it's from so, like years ago. So out of context, yeah. it's and it's really, out of context. You're just like, is what? Like, why did I start <laughs> the sentence? Like, this? and then you remember that the fucking UI like made you do that. Um But yeah, if if the thing is there, uh, I feel like that makes people more inclined to like share that stuff, and it feels uh, more in tune with like the social norms of the platform.
3: Yeah, it's cool how UI can really influence the way that you're recording your life over years mm-hmm. and just like the different format of how right. you share things. Totally. Because maybe it wasn't even maybe you would have never phrased it that way, but then you do because of like this prompt. And then if you look back in 30 years, you'll might be like, oh, did I write like that? Like you're not gonna remember that it was a prompt. Is that a
0: thing that I did? Was was I really all all lowercase all the time? I don't know. I don't know
2: if I want all this archive. Oh fuck capital letters. Not into it. Fuck what? I said, "Fuck capital letters."
3: Got oh. into them,
1: right? Lowercase r, lowercase. Better than me. How are you?
3: Unless all caps, all caps is like true, true. The same. Either There's commit one way or the other. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly, exactly.
1: I don't know about you guys, but I've been sitting here like this has actually been really thought provoking. On, I kind of want to just build an app now and like take these addictive, like captivating lessons from all these different things and <laughs>
0: bundle them. I don't know. Make people obviously I would that would be a really great. Just call app. it weird weird. It just takes you through one like process to start a post into another <laughs> process. You
1: write a long post and then the next step is to cap it at 140 characters and then the next step is to highlight your favorite part.
0: And then the next step is to act it out on video. <laughs> in six seconds. And then leave and it And then it message.
1: transcribes
2: it as audio.
1: And so then it disappears wait, 24 hours later.
2: Ah yes!
3: We
1: did it guys.
3: <laughs> I just love what constraints do for creativity. Yeah. And just watching it in different apps and things. So cool.
2: We've talked more about the platform which the line you could argue between like media platform is like very much you know sort of coming together and, and converging but um what are do you guys read like news applications or more sort of traditional media type things in your day to day or do you get that mostly from these different like social platforms because I think there's also like that sort of aspect that we didn't really um, mm. touch on too much but just being like Dur- journalism major. I was just curious.
0: I work on a news platform. Like that's my day job. I get a lot of news from there. Otherwise, it's like huluing the Daily Show. <laughs> respect,
2: respect.
0: I stopped reading the news. Don't read news. Yeah, you read puff pieces instead. You read Fast and Forbes, and then you Dude. send it out to everyone. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no. <laughs> I God,
3: get a newsletter. Nice. Which one?
1: Fire just roasting me right now.
3: I get a few newsletters like Next Draft. I get like uh-huh. the Nieman yep. Journalism Lab oh, me too. It has a really good one. Yeah, um, both of those. So I get news from like those sources. Those sources, yeah. and then I follow people on Twitter who mm-hmm.
2: will tweet a lot of yeah. great
3: news. And then I have like every news app ever in a folder on my home screen because I read a lot of news.
2: Nice. Do you use the BuzzFeed News app? Um, I have it.
3: I don't open it too often. <laughs> I use like. NYT Now for, mm-hmm, like, a mm-hmm. quick, like, your evening update or, like, something that's really cool about Yahoo News Digest is it's, like, super high-level yeah, news, yeah. but you get, like, 12 things a day, and it, yeah. you have the sense of accomplishment when you read all yeah, of Yeah, that
2: finiteness and completion, I think, yeah. is so important. It's great. um Yeah. Do you use uh, Google Play Newsstand? That's something I've kind of gotten into a little bit um, recently.
3: I've used it a little bit, mm-hmm. and I just downloaded the new one that Microsoft oh, yeah, released, yeah. like, two
2: days ago. Yeah. it's like Did you see that gadget like... Piece on the covering that it was like Microsoft just released a news app for some reason. I was like, great, <laughs> I didn't Wonderful. see that, but great job, good journalism. Oh, and Nuzzle <laughs> <you laughs>
1: has been amazing. Nuzzle has journalism. been great. Nuzzle's great. Nuzzle so mm-hmm. good. Nuzzle is Nuzzle's underrated right now. Nuzzle
2: is so good. Why?
1: Because it's the problem you it's like have. Like the high with,
2: signal of your Twitter feed. Yeah,
1: is you it though? Follow so many people on Twitter. Just curate that. Like curate. I do curation. curate
0: that. Imagine. In
1: Twitter. Imagine an uh software curating it a uh, next level
2: yeah not everyone can be like you Bryn I follow like 600 some people and
0: I tried Nuzzle and I just was like not remotely interested in what it showed me hmm.
2: you know what Nuzzle is also experimenting with is newsletters so they came out with this thing that yeah, is like that. based Nuzzle on your Nuzzle
0: newsletter
2: yeah that's <laughs> what I said they should call it but they just call it Nuzzle newsletter I was like you missed a huge opportunity here Um they
1: should hire you guys yes wordsmith
2: yeah exactly brand digital brand consultant tilda
1: what's your favorite app that people have never heard of oh my god she's like there's too many i know of
3: <laughs> that people have never heard of
1: that people might not have heard of like peach would have been a great example until 2 hours after it came out right
2: um have you heard of input no it's this really simple streamlined like one stop Shop for a bunch of different things. So I think it was built by a designer at Foursquare or someone. But the basic idea is that you can connect these different services, like email, a to-do list, calendar, other things, and you just have one place where you go, and you're not searching for like, oh, let me like find my calendar and add this thing, but you just say like, calendar, add this event, or you say email, remind me, whatever, or to-do, all these things. And then you can connect a bunch of different stuff, but you have one sort of centralized place for like input.
0: If we're looking for apps no one's ever heard of, we should just make up like apps.
2: Can't find it on the App Store. I use Pinpoint constantly.
1: I've never heard it of it. See, this is great. What Pinpoint? is Pinpoint?
3: It's just it's almost like a simpler version of Sketch for iOS and it's oh, just
0: didn't uh, Caleb work on that?
3: He did work on that, but I didn't like I didn't know that until later. <laughs> anyway, but um it's a really great app for just like pointing out stuff in photos. Um the guys at Lookability... Built it as well.
0: Yeah, Matthew Bischoff.
3: hmm And um, Brian Caps. Do you
2: guys use the list app?
0: The I list do. App? Bj
2: Novak's. Yeah, Bj Novak's app. What is it's that? also Isn't really that, it's interesting. It's a new. For, it's like this. I mean, I, people fucking love lists, and so it's literally just an app for making lists. But it's interesting to see how news organizations use it to like curate certain types of news, and then a lot of people in LA. Because BJ or whatever, friends. all his friends, Lena is on it, and mm-hmm. they just create these. It's another, yeah, really interesting sort of um, new way for, for people to just, like, create and express themselves uh, in in list format.
3: Yeah, I remember I was playing with that a while ago, and they're just such funny. Like, people have really funny, weird, kind of creative
2: stuff in there. Yeah. Um,
0: I've literally never heard of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's a social thing like this one. <laughs> things I'm currently ignoring from Sippy: Kanye West, Wiz Khalifa. The side of Wiz Khalifa's next K.K. as a term for marijuana. Amber Rose, positive energy blessings. Okay, maybe I'm not doing that good of a job of ignoring these things.
3: Yeah, but like NPR is on there.
2: Yeah, the New York Times too. They did this. We spent three hours waiting in line for Texas barbecue, and they just do this timeline of like how they wait for Texas barbecue with photos and all these other sort of like different um, and links and stuff. And yeah, it's really interesting. People love lists because they're digestible and you can finish them and makes for some, some interesting stuff.
1: I'll plug Old Sport. Old oh God. Sport. That's Look not a sport. network,
0: that's not a sharing <laughs> thing.
1: Oh, I thought we were just plugging apps that people You're saying
0: apps now? That people haven't heard of.
1: Okay, no. I thought I no, thought you're was right. Just we we I wasn't a network. We can. Yeah, input wasn't a network.
0: <clears throat> mm. Old sport's just a bunch of drink recipes. God damn it, sofas. Step your game up.
1: Old sport. You select mm-hmm. the ingredients you have. It tells you drinks you can make. Oh, how fucking great is that? I like that. It's
3: actually really useful, even I like though I don't that. make drinks at all. But I've just like played with mixing up
2: the ingredients That's and stuff. Cool. Have you used Delectable?
0: The wine one. Yeah, they I free right. one <laughs> Brent, how many apps do you have on your phone? Is there a stat I can look that up? Yep. Usage, actually.
3: Yeah, if you go to settings,
0: that was general usage.
3: General. Um, about, and then applications. I'm oh. taking a minimal approach. I only have 121 right now.
1: 170.
2: Okay, let's see. 157. No, mm-hmm.
1: 172. You have hundred and seventy apps? Yeah. I thought you deleted all the apps on your phone. No. What's your idea?
2: Oh, my idea was for how, how to sort of wrap wrap this. Okay. Um What if we all said the best thing that's happened to us this week?
1: <laughs> I I keep love this
2: gratitude, it. five minute journal. Yeah. It's gotten me in a very positive mood, positive vibe.
1: Positive what about energy. a
2: positive thing that happened to
3: you on new media? Oh, I like that. Just to kind of, yeah. Wrap. Yeah. I like What, what I like, were the I like
0: best that? engagements with your personal brand this week? Yeah, no, I
2: like
3: that. <gasps>
0: oh, that's great. I love it. Can I go first?
2: This week or all time?
1: This week. Okay. Something good that happened this week. All right. On social media. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, you're ready.
0: I I was talking to Johnny Manzari uh, about the fact that no one knows what path is after someone wrote a piece on uh, on Facebook's new reactions. And he's like, in this 3,000 plus word piece, it's funny that no one mentioned path. And then Dave Morin favorited my tweets saying that no one knows what path is.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs>
0: and I felt bad. That's pretty good.
2: That's that's hilarious.
0: How do you think he found him? He just has an alert for path? I think he follows Johnny. But Thanks, Dave Morin, for engaging with my personal brand.
2: Nice.
3: Isn't I once I? said something on the negative side about Product Hunt, and I felt terrible. <gasps>
0: Cause then then, Ryan Hoover.
3: yeah, because he was no. like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Super nice." Mm-hmm. And then I immediately was like, "Oh, I feel completely better about this product now, just because of that little engagement." Mm-hmm. That was like a few weeks ago. But Ryan cool is that
1: works. An engagement Twitter master. He's very good at that.
0: See, product kind of makes me sad though, because it encourages so much crap. I love some of the stuff. I love the idea, but it encourages people to make this junk that shouldn't exist. I know I've made some of that junk.
3: I just find it. I've just found it to be confusing lately because you have features so and upcoming. Stuff. I just don't know what's going on. Yeah. and that's all I said. I didn't say anything like terrible about mm. it. But
2: yeah. Um, so this week, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, like the previous Secretary of Defense, launched his fucking like Churchill Solitaire game on Medium. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Like the Donald? R- like no, this is someone else named Donald's Rum- Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> And I was like, "No, nope, this is this is the actual Donald Rumsfeld." Um,
0: he so he wasn't I, done committing crimes against. No,
2: humanity. he wasn't. He was not done. And then I tweeted it, and then it's out there for like five minutes. Like no one liked it. I was like, "Oh well, if no one likes this in like five more minutes, do I need to delete it?" Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is real, you and need then approval. like somewhat obviously, don't we all approval um, likes? And then do you know Mike Isaac? Yeah. Um, he he's like a columnist for the Times, like. Big on Twitter too, and he's a bear. Um, he is a bear, and I followed him a while ago, and he's you know really funny and awesome and whatever. But then he like retweeted my tweet, uh, and Harper Reed retweeted my tweet, and then it like blew up, and then Mike Isaac followed me back, and I was like, all right, chill. It was our connection through Donald Rumsfeld so that lead. brought us together.
0: <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld, yeah, bringing people Churchill together Solitaire. since now. So I, I think that
2: that was probably highlight of my week. Social um, media highlight of my week.
0: I became a job board. Did uh, you become a job that board? That was
1: actually mine, was yes. watching Bryn literally transform into a job board this week. It was fascinating.
0: <laughs> I, I knew cool. where you were going
1: to go with it. <laughs> yeah, you cut me off. It's pretty cool, actually. He just uh, asked who's hiring, and every single person that replied to him, he retweeted. I was so close to muting, because I'm like, dude. But then it was like, actually, this is kind of a cool thing, because we know that you know, there's a lot of designers out there that might want to switch jobs or looking for the, for their next
0: gig and things like that. Totally. It's cool. Well, I did it because a bunch of people hit me up saying, Hey, do you know anyone who's hiring? I'm looking for a new thing. And I wish I could have hired those people because they're rad people. Someone responded to
1: you and said, If they were that good, mm. you should just hire them. I guess we could get in that discussion. It's a what weird do discussion to end on. What
3: do you mean if they were that good?
1: Sprint so Bryn, Bryn said, Really good people are coming. And I can't hire them because I don't have headcount. And someone
0: responded, it doesn't matter if you have headcount. If they're really good, you should hire them. If they're that good, you'd be crazy not to hire them. It's like, if I tried to hire every designer that I thought was really good that wanted something new, that would be insane. That would be a terrible decision for me, for the company, for them. That would become a mess.
2: You could try to hire, though. Because, I mean, we've been trying to hire designers for a long time. and It's like really hard to hire designers.
0: Actually two of I mean, the I'm t- just
2: saying that like everyone you go after isn't necessarily like yeah. gonna decide that that ends up being like the thing and so,
0: so you're saying you might as you well your just eggs in multiple like, baskets, so I, to speak. I'm loaded up. I'm like sure. set for now. But the two of the tweets I retweeted were from medium people.
2: Oh chill. Mm-hmm. Which medium people?
0: Marcin Wickery. That oh thing? yeah. Marcin. Sure. And then Tyler and Brad. I don't think Brad tweeted it. He just liked it. Oh, Tyler then. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Follow the engagements, Brian. Come on. What's I your was... social
2: media highlight?
3: Um, I kind of, I kind of made like a conscious decision that I'm going to, um, be really, just be really open about the fact that I'm trying to grow a social media presence, and I kind of want to experiment with that and just be like, really open, like, I'm posting this because I want to get a, li- a lot of likes on it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like, kind of thirst. Just
1: <laughs> wanna, like, I'm
3: totally going to be real with the thirst and I kind of want to see how people <laughs> respond to it.
2: Totally. Um,
3: just because I hate how people, I mean, it's okay that everybody is thirsty, but then when people play it off, like they aren't. <laughs> it's Everyone, kind of funny.
1: Everyone's thirsty.
3: Everyone's thirsty no and I just want it.
2: to admit it and I
1: just want to like,
2: do that,
3: you know?
1: I Respect. love that. That's great. Yeah,
2: Kanye's thirsty. Everyone's fucking thirsty.
1: Everyone is thirsty. If if Kanye is thirsty, everyone better be thirsty. And now Wiz is Wiz is parched, right? Didn't he lose a couple million followers? <laughs> he is that did. Thing? He did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Ridiculous. Okay, let's end it. Thanks for coming over. Anything you guys want to plug?
3: You can follow me on the following <laughs> platforms because I'm trying to grow. Yeah, do the whole
0: list. Audience. Whole list.
3: So Twitter at Terraman. Instagram at TerraMan, Snapchat, this is TerraMan, because some girl has my name and she won't let me buy it from her. Um, You've offered? I have offered. Whoa. I
0: offered to buy at Brynn.
3: Yeah, people mm. suck.
0: Not on Snapchat, though.
3: Um, those are the main platforms in which I'm trying to grow my audience right now. So follow. that is where the,
0: where the primary thirst is.
3: Primary thirst is definitely on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. So respect, respect.
2: I'm KTZHU on Twitter, and you can find my newsletter at tinyletter.com/slash KT. And I write some things sometimes on Medium at KTZN.com.
0: Boom. Brad. Links in the show notes. Cool. Thanks, guys. That was episode 101. I finally made it through. That episode was really unique, and I super liked it. Let us
1: know what you think. Hit us up. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Join our Slack team at spec.fm slash Slack. Over 3,000 people are in there chatting
0: about the latest in design, development, tools, news, critiquing work. Pretty sure that includes both Katie and Tara, and they're both crazy smart. You should talk to them. Again, that's spec.fm slash Slack. Before we go, huge thanks to our two
1: sponsors that made this episode possible. Our first and newest sponsor is the Front Conference. So what is Front? Front is an annual two-day conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's taking place this year on May 12th and 13th, focused on helping you build design-driven, product-led organizations, which put users at the center of organizations and the things that you're building. There's going to be some awesome people there. Some of our favorite people, including Cap Watkins, Bob Baxley, who's head of product design at Pinterest, Tracy Varnell, lead experience designer at Adaptive Path and Capital One, and many others, as well as panels from companies like Pluralsight
0: and Full Story. They're really building a conference that isn't just design. It's about research, design, product management, development, everything that goes into a product in one place. And it's about relationships. So I really couldn't recommend a concept like that more. Go to frontutah.com, learn more about the conference, and sign up. Get a ticket. It's going to be 50 bucks off if you use the code Details, all one word. It's usually $400. Now it's $350. I mean, that's a great price for a conference. You get to go to Salt Lake City. So Alex like said he's beautiful. So thank you once again to Front. Again, check
1: them out at frontutah.com and use the promo code DESIGNDETAILS. Our second sponsor is Wayno. Back again. No way. Wayno. U-E-N-O dot C-O. One of our favorite agencies in the world doing amazing work for amazing clients. And they're sponsoring the show because, first of all, they want you to know they're out there to and, check out their work.
0: And they're rad and they have good taste in podcasts. It's cool.
1: And also, they're hiring... They have a careers link in the header of their page, and their latest opening is for a design internship in San Francisco. So go to wayno.co, U E N O.co, check out their work. First of all, it's gorgeous. We can all learn from it. And then, second, if you want to work for them or you need an internship, click the careers link in their header. Tell them that we sent you. Thank you so much to wayno for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week.